Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have Mr. Orlando Sanchez, founder of Texas Latino Conservatives, former Harris County, Texas treasurer, 2007 to 2018. GOP strategist, US Air Force veteran, thank you for your service. Thank you for being on the program, how are you? Good, delighted to be here, thank you for the invitation. Glad to have you. We are going to chop it up about the seemingly programmatic model to eliminate diversity inside of the GOP, specifically discussing diversity related to black people, to brown folk, to uh, to women. And I have some direct cases to cite. I don't know what you know or believe about that sentiment of decreasing diversity in the GOP. So if you would share your thoughts now within Opine. Well, if in fact that is what's going on in certain portions of the country, that's tragic. America is very diverse. We've always thrived on our diversity. I think we all benefit from our diversity. And I, for one, as the head of the Texas Latino Conservatives, obviously, by the nature of my organization, we're trying to increase diversity. And uh, I firmly believe it's a good thing here in Texas. We believe it's a good thing. And I would be very disappointed if uh, 49 of our other states across the country don't believe it's a good thing. All right, well, let me tell you one state who doesn't. Uh, let me take you to Kansas. So Kansas, they are promoting, the Republican Party, they're promoting to get rid of their diversity um, caucuses basically inside of the Republican Party. And these are specialized groups, as you are well aware, to advocate for particular communities within the GOP so that there's a sensitivity to their issues because parties or political systems are meant to advocate policies and issues, etc. And so the Kansas GOP, they have literally introduced a measure that is backed by the chairman of the GOP that would eliminate all diversity groups, including black, Latino, women, and youth. Not the only state, but it is the state that has concurrence from the executive leader. What say you about that type of motion inside of the GOP in Kansas? Well, I'll tell you, I've been in the Republican Party for many, many years, I guess since after high school, and I'm a rather old man. But at one point, I remember Lee Atwater used to say the GOP, the grand old party is the party of the big tent. We want ideas, we're not all gonna agree on everything, but it is important that diverse communities have a voice, that their interests be shared. And I understand that many executive committees want only members of the executive committee in the different counties, at least that's how the GOP is structured, or that the state Republican executive committee actually work on the platform. But to have different caucuses, whether it's Hispanics and African Americans, Asian Americans, whatever it may be, Indo Americans, participate in the process, I can't see any harm. You know, I get that point. I get it, brother. You, you're correct on the sentiment. I think it actually does your party good to have these collective voices being able to express a diverse background and say, these are the policies we care deeply about. However, the GOP seems to be. On a mission, and I'm not, I'm not just talking about within the party ranks itself, I'm talking about even among the political class, such as the 25 states that have either passed or are seriously considering passing laws to get rid of diversity, inclusion, and equity 
inclusion inside of workplaces, trainings, and even state-owned colleges. I think these are problems. I don't think these dynamics will lead you to a solution. I think one, it contributes to the decline of racial minorities inside of the GOP, and it also creates a clear contrast between the progress of these communities and what the GOP is willing to value in their proclamation and promotion of these communities. What say you? Well, you know, for years the Republican Party, and I agree with this, has been the party that rewards uh, uh, it's a meritocracy. I mean, if you're good uh, and you have a you know a good academic track record, you get into our university. We certainly don't support discrimination. What we don't want is the government setting quotas and deciding who's in and who's not. I can tell you, as a former member of the Houston City Council, which the city of Houston in Texas is very diverse. I served under an African American mayor as well as a Caucasian mayor. But I argued vehemently against affirmative action and here's why. Affirmative action in our city was a carve out for only 20, 25% of the work. And unfortunately what we're seeing nowadays is that our ethnic minorities, which are now a majority of the city of Houston, because the Caucasians aren't the majority now, it's African Americans and Hispanics. But their portion of the contracts is carved out to 25%. So I always say don't limit yourself, don't let government set quotas. It can work both ways. I think we should look at people based on the merits of their abilities and certainly without any inkling of discrimination and choose the very best. Because you had that position, you know more than most that you don't really have an issue of talent in particular communities. You have an issue of resources. There's not a lack of talent, there's a lack of resources. And so if the government fails to prioritize resources in order to ensure straight competition, then that means you have to correct that model on the back end. And you have to basically reverse engineer to get to the solution overall, the remedy that we're looking for. When you start simply eliminating the very diversity programs that are meant to alert an individual to the reality of discrimination or discriminatory tactics inside of a workplace or even in college education. When you eliminate those avenues for absolute understanding or at least a level of awareness, do you think the problem gets better, dear sir, by osmosis or does it get worse? Well, let me just tell you, I think that in your and you're correct, there was a point at where we had to reverse engineer and give opportunities to, to folks and I completely understand. But there comes a time again where you don't want government dictating what those numbers are. And I, I fully understand. I mean, I drive the city of Houston, for example, I have to refer, you know, we talk a lot about food deserts. It's true. Mm-hmm. There are portions of our community that have very low income with high diabetes rates because there are no healthy foods. And people say, well, why can't folks get healthy foods? Well, one, they don't have transportation. Who wants to ride Metro, the public transit system for two hours and carry groceries? It's just not convenient. I do understand that. But what we don't want is government deciding everything for us. And there comes a point. I mean, you look at the University of Houston, one of the largest public universities in the state of Texas, probably just very diverse. You know, African American students, Hispanic students, Asian students, you know, government needs to get out of it. You know, you say government, you don't want government deciding everything, but you all okay with government deciding what a woman should do with her body. You're okay with the government deciding 
um, how individuals can express their religious beliefs, even if they work in government and those religious beliefs are discriminatory, discriminatory against protected classes. In those cases, you all like the government being involved. However, when it comes to making sure that everyone has a fair opportunity in this country, all of a sudden the conversation becomes, we don't want the government involved in that. And let me read to you a quote from um, Antonio Ingram, um, the assistant counsel at the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Uh, this is about discrimination against people who have just begun to get access to these spaces. That was echoed by the uh, Latino leader who's in charge of the Latino caucus in Kansas as well. So you have individuals inside of the Republican Party who disagree with you just on sentiment. Uh, and I wanna know what your response is to that. Government is involved in these other areas, but all of a sudden government should not be involved here. Yeah, I know we get involved in this issue of abortion. Let me just say from the abortion perspective, and I'm just speaking from my perspective. First of all, very tough issue, but when it comes to a human life, a beating heart, uh, I think there's you know clear distinctions on both sides. I always come down on the side of a human being, regardless of their race or ethnicity or, or religion and nationality. I mean, a beating heart is a beating heart, and that's what I'm going to say about that. I'm, just, I'm sure this isn't going to go into a discussion about abortion. Uh, I will say, with respect to the GOP, uh, and and even I have said that the GOP and members of my party, we really need to get out of our comfort zone and start working communities of diversity. There's nothing wrong with going into a predominantly African American community, Hispanic community, the barrio or Chinatown and talk to people about conservative values. That's how you grow the party. We haven't done an effective job. On the other hand, we don't have a lot of African Americans, Hispanics and Asians running to be precinct chairs throughout the country who then become the members of the executive committee who make policy. And remember, let me just say, this isn't only the Republican Party. I remember 1964 when the freedom movement in Mississippi tried to get seated in New Jersey. The credentials committee wouldn't seat African Americans who were duly elected. So both parties have a history of this. and. And we yeah. as Americans need to work hard to make sure that doesn't happen. So on the latter part, I definitely agree, but I do find it honestly, all due respect, laughable. That when I'm talking about the current racism of the GOP, you all will go back to the 1960s to find a democratic version of the current GOP version. What's the problem? I was born in 1981, sir, which means that what happened in 1960, those individuals were racist, I don't give a damn what party they belong to. And to compare what happened in the 1960s as a way to contrast what's happening today in the GOP, I think is an illegitimate argument. Do you not agree? No, I disagree. I mean, I think as, a, as, a, as an immigrant to this country who didn't even speak the language when I arrived here, I'm a member of the GOP. We have a very diverse party here in Texas and mm -hmm. in my county in Harris County. Uh, we can cherry pick certain incidences like Kansas or maybe a piece of legislation that some legislator in Florida introduced. But in general, the party okay. does uh, value diversity. I know right. I do, and I'm mm. I, we're working hard to increase diversity. So I, right. I don't agree that's the general sentiment. All right, well, listen, I appreciate you being on the show. Enjoyed um, it. Uh, thank you, sir. Now I will say this to your statement about you all working for diversity, either that's a lie. Um, or you are more hopeful uh, than the rest because 25 states passing laws against diversity, equity and inclusion, as well as multiple 
state GOPs saying that these particular diversity caucuses are no longer necessary. That is more than anyone cherry picking that is called a movement, sir. And I hope that you stand against it. I do, and we're all about hope and opportunity and a prosperous future. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you, sir. We appreciate your time. You bet.